0: word radio on demand 96.1 fm and 900 am wurd streaming live
1: at wordradio.com
0: we have our next guest and so i i would like to welcome to the program mr tom perez who is the senior advisor and assistant to the president of the united states mr perez is also the director of the white house office of intergovernmental affairs he has a long, long, and and storied sort of history and, and record, um, including heading up the, the 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 DNC. Mr. Perez, welcome, welcome to Evening Words.
1: It's great to be with you, James, and with all of your listeners
0: and viewers. Thank you so much for 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 coming on. I want to talk to you about everything, sir. But let's let's start with with unemployment. Can can you talk a little bit about about where we are? Because nationally, we're at a pretty historic moment over the course of your administration in terms of unemployment. So so talk to our audience a little bit about about the most recent numbers that have come out and and, and your sense of where we are with employment and unemployment in in our nation right now.
1: Well, uh, our most recent uh, job numbers came out last Friday, and it showed uh, almost 200,000 new jobs were created last month. And if you look at the entirety of the Biden administration, you're talking about over 14 million jobs created under President Biden. Our unemployment rate is 3.7% nationally. Mm -hmm. It's 3.4% in Pennsylvania. How about that? The unemployment rate has been under 4% for 22 months in a row, which is the longest stretch in over 50 years. Mm -hmm. The black unemployment rate is at a record low of 5.8%. Now, I want to get that down so it's 3.6%, but we've also, you know, when when, uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris took over in January of 21, the black unemployment rate was 9.2%. Wow. So the gap between white and black unemployment is currently at a record low. There is still a gap, but we have been reducing that gap and we want to eliminate it. And we've also been making, thanks to President Biden and Vice President Harris's leadership, been making um, remarkable investments in small businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the president set a goal of increasing the amount of um, contracting dollars that go to small disadvantaged businesses by 50 percent by uh, the end of his administration, his first term of his administration, Mm and uh, 70 billion dollars in federal contracts were awarded to small and disadvantaged businesses in 2022. And and, uh, Black businesses have been um, major beneficiaries because the entrepreneurial spirit in the Black community is enormous. Mm -hmm. And we want to um, reward that and we want to continue to nurture that. And and that's, I think, one reason why uh, Black net worth is up 60% since the pandemic. Now I don't want people to think that I'm pie in the sky, and I think that everything's <laughs> great, and we should spike the football. There's no spike in the football going on here because we still have too many people that are making choices between their uh, medicines and their food and their rent, and mm. that should never happen in the United States of America, Mr. Perez. So,
0: so let's yeah. before we move on, the the yeah. just so in that those same numbers that came out last week, there there's a slight uptick in unemployment among Asian workers and a slight uptick amongst Black men in unemployment, um, even though that overall rate is down, right? And obviously, I'm 52 years old. This is a, These are the lowest employment numbers I've seen in my whole life, right? So just I right. want to make clear how dramatic it is. But are, are, is there any way that you might be able to account for that uptick amongst Asian workers and or for Black men? Not necessarily Black men and women, but right. Black men, a slight up- uptick in, well, in November.
1: Yeah. Um, sometimes the... Um, Employment goes up a little bit. First of all, the the main thing to understand is you know one month doesn't make a trend. Correct. You know the unemployment rate is three point seven percent, and that's great. the 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 figure that is more I think probative is that for twenty two months in a row we've been under 4%. Right. Um and that's what is that's that's called a trend. <laughs> and right. uh uh you know whether it ticks up 1 month to 5.9% or whatever it would be for black men the reality is and the most important thing to do is is to look at where have black men been now versus say 6 months for, ago mm-hmm. and a year ago and the trend data overall has been that Um, black unemployment has been going down methodically over the last year, including uh, the unemployment rate of black men. So that's Mm -hmm. that's uh, whenever someone tells you about a number in the unemployment context for one month, you want to ask them uh, the following question, which is show me what the trend data is. Right. And the trend data is moving in uh, a really good direction, um, really for. Um, everybody in the economy. More people are entering the workforce that yeah. were out of the workforce. And they're entering the workforce because they see now that there are jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the labor movement strength is unlike anything I've seen in my lifetime. Can you Public talk about opinion. that
0: trend a little bit? That I, Do you mind commenting yeah. a little bit more about that trend? Because we've talked about this on our airways quite a bit, that how important it is to see these different labor movements, you know, you see Starbucks, you see Amazon, it seems a little bit piecemeal. But then when you see United Auto Workers and you just look across the kind of pantheon of the labor movement in the 21st century, is it wrong to say that that labor is trending into a more robust version of itself in this under this administration?
1: Absolutely. And I'll remind uh, your uh, viewers and listeners that Joe Biden is the first president in the history of our country the first sitting president while he was in office mm-hmm. to walk a picket line? That's mm-hmm. what he did with the UAW. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, the one of the many reasons why and I, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and uh, it was working a union class town. town.
0: That's a working class and, uh, union town. That's right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was a kid when my dad died, and my surrogate father was a Teamster, and uh, the union saved his bacon when times were tough. Mm. And um, I'll never forget that. And the thing about the union movement that is good, not only for all of America, but in particular for Black America, is that um, Black people are disproportionately represented in the union movement. That's right. So when we see good union jobs created, that is great for everyone, and it's particularly good for the Black community. Mm -hmm. And that is, and and you're really starting to see um, at places like the National AFL-CIO, which is the umbrella um, uh, organization for um, the vast majority of the labor movement, if if you look at the leadership now, um, their leader is a woman, uh, their number two is a black man. Mm -hmm. Um, They are starting to look a lot like America at their leadership ranks as well.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
1: M- Mr. Patterson, so so the, the the numbers look good. I mean, the the
0: you, this administration has had a constructive impact on this economy, particularly coming out of the the pandemic and coming out of the last administration. Like that is a that is a data supported fact, right? But Amen. you know this as well as I do, or anyone who pays attention to these things. That as we look to twenty twenty four. Politics is so much more about perception than it is necessarily about facts, right? And so, one, I appreciate you being on our airwaves to talk through some of these things, but help our audience and listeners to understand how you, in your leadership role and your advisory role to, to this president, how do you think through the challenges around perception that sometimes obscure? some of the kind of factual data. And, I, and I'll say this, you know, I love the data, right? I love to look at the, the data points and say, hey, here's the evidence. But to me, and you know this as well as anyone, our politics does not work that way. And so so talk a little bit about, as an advisor in this administration, yeah. what kind of strategic approaches can you share with our audience that, that addresses people's perception of of where we are and sure. progress we've made or not made, as opposed to you know again, I'm a data guy too, but in my estimation, that's not the way that politics work. How do how, how do we right. how do we close the perception gap around this? Well, time? I mean,
1: there's 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 two um, uh, there's two there's a minimum of two dimensions to your very important and very good question, James. You know, number one, we've got to understand that there's a a, a plethora of misinformation out there. Uh, I remember. When I was your the United States labor secretary under President Obama for his second term, I would listen to um the radio on Jobs Month, especially in 2016. Mm-hmm. And I'd hear Donald Trump say the unemployment rate is 40%. That is true. That's not only wrong, that's bonkers. <laughs> I mean, okay. it was nowhere near that. It you know, it was I forgot what it was back then. It was like six and a half percent. Right. And if you say something often enough, and you disseminate it often enough, then people start to think, well, the fourth time you said it, it must be true. Well, that's why it's so important. And the reason I want to be on your show is I, I think your listeners and viewers, they value the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, we're getting out there to tell these stories. Now, there's a second dimension to your question, which is equally important, which is... Um, the shared experiences of a lot of people in this country, you know, they're still struggling. I don't want anyone listening to our conversation to walk away with a sense that, oh, Tom Perez is content with where we are now and we can just sort of go home and uh, uh, call it a day because uh, the unemployment rate is under 4%. There's still way too many people uh, that are are suffering. They're, they're making a choice between their insulin or their rent or their food, and that should never happen in the United States of America. Hmm. And what we are doing as an administration is continue to communicate, continuing to communicate with people across the country, what we've done, why we've done it. So for instance, if you are a senior listening to this conversation Mm -hmm. and you're diabetic, you may be wondering, how did my insulin get capped at 35 bucks a month? Right. Well, here's the answer to that question. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Right. The Inflation Reduction Act, a bill that, if my memory serves me, not one Republican supported. That is correct. And it's designed to make, among other things, health care more affordable. By the way, there's a guy named Donald Trump who, as recently as a week or two ago, said, I want to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. Right. You know, he tried that when he was president. and Thank God for John McCain in the United States Senate, because, but for John McCain, he would have succeeded. He wants to do it again. The Affordable Care Act has been a godsend for millions of Americans, especially, although not exclusively, Mm -hmm. black and brown Americans. That's right. And so elections are about choices. And what we have seen from Joe Biden on infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And there are so many infrastructure projects going on in greater Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump talked about infrastructure week, infrastructure month, talk, 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 talk. Joe Biden acted. And we have the largest investment in infrastructure since Eisenhower was president. And it's not just highway infrastructure, it's rail. Mm -hmm. And you're going to see incredible benefits from the billions of dollars in rail investments to make that northeastern corridor so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. It's about broadband, making sure that regardless of where you live, you can have access to quality, affordable, high-speed internet. Mm -hmm. If you want to start a small business, but you don't have access to quality, affordable, high-speed internet, your business ain't going to do so hot. That's right. That's the reality of the situation. And so these are the things that we have to relentlessly communicate. And these are facts. These are not fictions. The communication of the unprecedented investments in infrastructure items across the country. I I suspect that many of your listeners remember vividly what happened in Flint, Michigan. That's right. With the drinking water. That's exactly right. The poison drinking water. Well, guess what? We didn't simply address Flint, Michigan. We are investing literally tens of billions of dollars to ensure that lead pipes across this country are replaced Mm. and replaced with pipes that ensure that your drinking water will be clean. Because Flint, Michigan is not the only place where drinking the water can be hazardous to your health. And thanks to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we are making progress. And I was just in central Wisconsin about a month ago, literally connecting a a pipe to a family's home. They've lived there 46 years in the same home, and they've been drinking water from a lead-infested pipe Mm. for that period of time, and we're changing that. And so these are the things that uh, we are going to work our tails off to communicate to voters across the country, that Joe Biden has got their back, and we have delivered on so many items of progress for people Mm -hmm. Um, a lot more to do and uh, that's why joe biden is running for re-election because he wants to finish the job Mm -hmm. mr perez uh, president biden was in philadelphia today
0: right Yes, he was. Okay. I, I I saw that come across my screen, wasn't sure exactly where he was or what he was doing. Can you share with our audience why the president sure. was in the great city of Philadelphia today?
1: Well, there was a firehouse that burned down about a year ago, and they were having difficulty figuring out how can we get the funding to rebuild the firehouse. And as a result of a law called the SAFER Act, um, federal funds were allocated so that they could rebuild and rebuild um, expeditiously. Mm-hmm. And so the president was there today to mark that milestone and to celebrate with community members, with firefighters. Uh, there were members of the the IAFF, the International Association of Firefighters. Uh, and it was, uh, again, another example of the president's investment in communities across the country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Perez, I know, you, I know your time is limited. I'm
0: going to get you out of here on this question. Listen, you, we're, one of the stories we're covering is is, is President Claudine Gay being un, under fire at Harvard. You're a Harvard alum. Do you have any thoughts that you want to share with our audience about what's been happening in terms of her congressional testimony and 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 kind of in her very, very short presidency, how she's come under fire?
1: Yes, I mean, these issues are coming up everywhere. Genocide is something that we abhor. whether it's genocide against uh, people who are Jewish, genocide against Palestinians, genocide against um, uh, Latinos, Mm -hmm. targeting students on campus because they're Jewish is anti-Semitic, targeting students on campus because they're Palestinian, is unacceptable. I used to prosecute hate crimes, Mm -hmm. James. Mm -hmm. I I was a civil rights lawyer, civil rights prosecutor for a long time. I had the privilege of leading the civil rights division. And here's one thing I learned about people who committed these heinous crimes. The same people who were burning crosses were also uh, desecrating mosques and synagogues. That's right. And we need to understand that that cancer of the soul that is bigotry is a cancer that is really a virus. Mm-hmm. And in moments like now, the virus doesn't recede. It, it it rears its ugly head. And Joe Biden ran for president in the aftermath of what happened down in Charlottesville. White nationalism infecting the world there. And, and again, I, I have... I have worked with the good people of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, who were trying to build a mosque. Mm -hmm. And that mosque got uh, torched. Um, Unspeakable things happened. I was so honored to be there at the grand opening of that mosque where we had leaders from all faith traditions, Catholic, Jewish, Muslim, uh, Sikh. Um, so many faith traditions coming to celebrate. And I have done the same thing as a prosecutor in the aftermath of cross burnings, in the aftermath of church arsons elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to attack this cancer at its core. And one of the many reasons you've heard from Joe Biden talk about, you've heard him talk about um, why he ran for president. That's right. Um, and he ran for president in no small measure because there is a moral reckoning occurring right now. There's a battle for the soul of our nation. I will not allow folks who want to divide our nation uh, control us. And, you know, I, I remember, and I'll leave you with this, James, I remember as a kid, um, someone used to say, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that anymore. Mm. I got to be honest with you, Mm. because I have seen, you you have seen, if you look at incidents of anti-Semitic acts, starting in 2016, there was a dramatic spike. Mm. It's not a coincidence that that spike took place at the same time Donald Trump was on the ascent. Mm. When you say things that are, Hurtful and provocative, and they are calling people to act in ways that are inconsistent with our values. Or giving license to people to act, or giving license to people to act. Mm Correct. When you give a permission structure for people to do things, and then they do things, we shouldn't be surprised. And that's one of the many reasons I appreciate Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Mm -hmm. because they understand that our nation was built on a concept of access to opportunity for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and we fought a revolutionary war for religious freedom mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. And we need to have mutual respect. The example that Joe Biden sets day in and day out and Kamala Harris set day in and day out um, is an example that I think is a model for what we should be doing across America. And that's why I'm proud to be working in the Biden-Harris administration. And that's why I was proud to work for the Obama-Biden administration on these precise issues Mm. of addressing uh, the need for America to live up to its promise of equal opportunity for everyone.
0: Mr. Perez, thank you so much for joining uh, uh, Evening Words. I really appreciate talking to you this afternoon.
1: You've been listening to
0: Word Radio On Demand.
1: Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM and online at wordradio.com.